Hello, everybody. Ooh, 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 we're starting. Hello, guys. <laughs> yes. Welcome back. To... To what? Our Odd Pod podcast. podcast. A podcast dedicated to the odd, the macabre, and everything in between. And everything in between. Keep that in mind. It's not always odd and macabre. It's also everything in between. Yeah, we've, we've said that 52 times before. The end. That's the episode. <laughs> the in-between this week is no episode. Good night. <laughs> Just kidding. That joke's never going to get old. Ever. Ever. Uh, excuse to- me while I take a judgmental sip of my iced coffee. This is water now. Oh, a judgmental sip of my water. Just took like one too many gulps of it, and that was like just a mouthful of water. Mm. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go but down. Wasn't ready to swallow it just yet. Because <laughs> um, I, as a human being, have not quite figured out how drinking works. You know what? It's a lifelong pursuit, really. Yeah, just a lifelong there. pursuit of being able to efficiently and safely swallow liquid never gets easier just excuse me speaking of swallowing liquids <laughs> saliva also another hard the silent killer <laughs> <laughs> so yeah how's it going not too bad how's Actually, your week been because you have started a new thing Oh, yeah. No. My week, I think, has been great, yeah. actually. How does it feel to not work yourself to death every single fucking day? What? What? Didn't tell you. I still feel like I'm in some kind of weird fever dream where I don't mm. have to... Don't pinch me. I yeah. don't want to wake up. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So nice. I get off work and I don't go back to work. It's amazing until the next day. Until the next day. To the one that you actually like. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Oh. What what kind of world do we live in? <laughs> Dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> You're really uh just uh spitting in the face of the American dream that oh, demands yeah. we work ourselves to death. Mm, I chose not to. <laughs> Take that capitalism take that capitalism and it's nine o'clock and we're recording a podcast and i'm not exhausted i'm gonna grow my own peppers this year i'm gonna grow my own peppers she's gonna start her own podcast she won't even need us anymore take that capitalism. and i say us because i'm taking you guys with me you're not leaving me okay no i meant when you start your own podcast about what i don't know when she gets tired of my antics my odd pepper podcast of me making bird noises in the kitchen oh my goodness <laughs> my husband you love me i do she she's just happy she got a weirdo don't let her fool you i have not denied it yet because i'm a weird one anyway uh what you got for me well today i thought we would talk about the economical challenges that Global warming. <laughs> the economical challenges that global warming will oh, yes. bestow upon us in the very near future. Yeah. Once global warming raises the taxes on air conditioning. That's happening. We're going down. No, that, that you're making a joke, but he. Yeah, my joke was that global warming itself was going to tax our air conditioning. Yeah, but no. 
It's like, hello, everyone. Uh, don't think of me as global warming. Think of me more like a globally warm hug. <laughs> Spray those aerosols. Yeah. Fuck it. Oh, my God, no. Who needs the ozone anyway? What's okay. the ozone ever done for us? There's no ozone over Australia. They seem to be doing fine. What do you mean there's no ozone over Australia? There's like a hole in the ozone or something over no. Australia. Mm -hmm. Fixed that. Did they? Sewed it right up. <laughs> I used my ozone bonding spray. It's an aerosol, ironically. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. No, but they're saying that. Enjoy like, the last 100 years of humanity, everyone. <laughs> they said that um, heating your home over this winter is going to be more like more expensive. Well. And right now it's actually better to not have gas because gas is going to get wildly outrageous. Really? Yeah. Well, we are going to have a home this winter. We'll just keep the AC off. I mean, the, the heater off. And we'll wear more layers inside. Yeah, we tried to do that last year. Did we? We turned the heater on for two days. Mm -hmm. That was when it was frozen outside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway. Anyway. I meant no air at all on. No temperature change. Yeah, no, that's fine. Just completely off. That's fine. We're going to build a fire in the living room. Me and uh, the dogs will continue <laughs> to act the way we normally do. Their codependency. Oh, right. That codependency is really going to come in handy in the wintertime. Yep. Mm -hmm. Merlin's mm -hmm. big fluffy ass. I love it. Anyway, uh, I guess I should talk about what we're here to talk about. Well, you know what? What? I have a feeling. That tonight's going to be a good night? Well, other than that, mm -hmm. you could tell us where to find our podcast. Oh, you know what? That's a good idea and something we've been meaning to start with anyway. And we were doing good for a while. What happened? China. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. They're about to own us anyway. Or what, did they fix that? Did they fix that? I don't the know. Government was supposed to like run out of money or something. We're gonna default on our debt, but that was Monday. We're still not. I really need to get up with current events, dude. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Okay. Anyway, where did, can you find our podcast? <laughs> uh, you can find us at www.ourodpodpodcast.com. You can also find us at linktr.ee/oopp. And if you like our intro and outro music, which obviously you do because it's amazing, you can go to DarrenCurtisMusic.com and find a whole library of such amazing musical pieces. That's brilliant. Thank you. Now. Now. Tell me about the war on women. The war on women. Well, you see, once upon a time in a magical land... There was a talking snake. No, I'm just Following. kidding. We're not going that far back. Um, okay. Also, we'll try to keep things centered in reality. Uh, <laughs> so, we're going to bump back to like the late 40s, early 50s. I'm here for it. And it really, really is kind of a war on women. Um. And just kind of like some of the things they dealt with and some of the way things were handled. We'll get to kind of look at how uh, poorly men handle problems pertaining to women. Who could have guessed? <laughs> right. Because that's not something that still happens. Looking at you, Texas. So, thanks to Home Economics High School Textbook of 1954, okay. it was possible to discover how to be an ideal housewife. 
the woman for whom the maintenance of the house and the well-being of the family were fundamental priorities. I just felt my eyeballs roll back into my head. <laughs> so have dinner ready, prepare yourself, prepare the children, minimize all noise, be happy to see him, listen to him, and make the evening his. Is basically what young women were learning in school in the 1950s in America. I did like one out of eight things of that. You did? When? Today. What'd you do? Be happy to see you. Uh. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> well, before we go any further, can you run and just make me a, like a sandwich real quick? We just had dinner. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, that's not funny. I was going to actually start with that. Like, hey, uh, real quick, before we start, can you go get me like a glass of water or something? And if you did it, I'd be like, ha! But Here's you, the problem. You literally have coffee, right? I know. Right. But it's not water. I have water. You want some of mine? I actually do kind of want a sip of water now that we're talking about it. Thanks. <laughs> That's not water. It is water. That's Kool-Aid. It's not Kool-Aid. Might as well be with your damn Mio. <laughs> <laughs> so, why did so many white, suburban, stay-at-home moms in the 1940s through 60s struggle with neurosis, anxiety, and depression? Uh, well, since Betty Friedan wrote The Feminine Mystique, a standard answer has been boredom and a sense of meaninglessness. I can't imagine why. Uh, that is not the answer, though, I don't think. Drawing from interviews with 35 British women who were housewives in the post-war years, about half of who reported anxiety or depression, Allie Haggett actually challenges Betty Friedan's framing of this scenario um, she argues that these women valued their role as wives and mothers, but they were often miserable or dissatisfied because their husbands and their societies treated them badly. Yeah. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> Wild concept. On top of that, more was expected of women as homemakers and mothers. Women in the 40s especially had to make nutritious meals, do their part for the war effort at home, and keep their children alive. Yeah. So in the 1950s, it went even deeper. Again, meals had to be nutritious, attractive, and exciting. Houses had to be spotless. Women had to be attractive at all times. It wasn't Something enough. Something I do not relate to at <laughs> all. That can't be true. <laughs> not from where I'm sitting. It wasn't enough to just keep kids alive anymore. You had to actually look after their emotional well-being, too. So oh, well, like, yeah, because, you know, at... <laughs> Up until fairly recently, <laughs> the goal was to just keep just them keep alive. Just keep them alive and poop them out, keep them alive till you can You had to push keep them, them alive the till they were like five. Right. And then it was like, okay, cool, we're out of the woods. So. Uh, they didn't even name them until they were like their eighth birthday. Right. They named them on the way out of the house. Have a nice life, Henry. Henry. My friends have been calling me Frank. <laughs> uh, standards were imposed by domestic manuals, women's magazines, and uh, a growing advertising industry. They were also enforced by friends and neighbors and husbands, kind of like, uh, you know. This is what's expected. Peer pressure, kind of, yeah. Hate that. In the, in the Art of Being a Well-Dressed Wife, originally published in 1959 and reissued in 2011. Are you serious? Yes. Sachs Fifth Avenue designer lays out one guiding principle for women. Remember, Fuck right I want off. you to pay attention. Remember, 
It's your husband for whom you're dressing. Let me just describe what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> and it's these, doing it for me, too. These are the leggings that I wore to bed last night. Yeah, they are. Woke up and then wore to work. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that part. I didn't know you could wear leggings to work. I'm not supposed to. Nobody no, nobody tells. Nobody tells me what to do. I won't tell your boss. Hopefully, A sweater. She hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast. That I got. From a gift shop. In Paris. In Paris. Pockets flapping off in the wind. I saw that. You're so cool. I know. Tell me more places you've been. <laughs> I was just going to say, I got it in a gift shop. You mentioned where it was from. Well, remember, it's your husband for whom you're dressing. Applied. And the My Body, My Choice t-shirt that I bought. It's really sending a strong message underneath that hoodie. This principle also <laughs> applied 24-7. She had to dress for your husband 24-7. So, quote, from the same place, I'm assuming, think pretty when making your nightwear selections, and please, no safety pins or missing buttons. Fastidiousness is essential when it comes to sleepwear. For morning, you need a warm, tailored dressing gown, slim and cut, and ankle length. This length is best because short dressing gowns can expose the unattractive sight of a rumpled nightie or pajama bottoms. Oh, no. Or bare white legs protruding underneath. Not to mention them harried. Bare white legs protruding underneath. Like, at some point, they saw their wives naked, right? I mean, like, they, oh, your leg is protruding from underneath your nightie, Susan. Please go fix yourself before you serve cover breakfast. Up. What are you, a whore? What are you, some kind of whore? One woman, Aileen Bailey, began suffering from depression after she discovered her husband having numerous extramarital relationships. I can't imagine why she would be upset. Insane, right? Soon after their marriage in 1943 is when she discovered this. She remained married for 25 years. So, so they were like, hey, we know your husband's been like stepping out. Yeah. Why are you so sad? So like this made it sound like their marriage had ended when she discovered this. Yeah. She discovered no. this soon after they were married and stayed married to them for 25 years. What's her name? Aileen Bailey. Aileen Bailey. Or Eileen, maybe. It was oh awful, she said. You couldn't trust him. And I think it happened a lot at the tennis club. The and tennis I, club! <laughs> and I knew that other people knew and were probably talking about it. And that doesn't make you feel very good. I want to give her a big old hug. I know, man. And she stayed 25 years. See, that's the kind of shit where people are like, people just don't understand trying to make things work anymore. Like, if your husband's cheating on you for 25 years. Yeah, I think you're allowed you're to leave. You're a little beyond making things work. You know you're what I mean? You're allowed to leave. This is where they're like, I want to love like grandma and grandpa had. Yeah. No, they hated each other. Yeah, for sure. After finally getting a divorce... Thank God, girl. Bailey said she felt much better. Which I can't to imagine her why. Which to her confirmed that the feelings had been caused by the situation. The situation of yeah. her husband stepping out on her and it not feeling great. Bailey, however, insisted that it was not her role as a full-time mother that bothered her. Quote, I think I may have been a natural mom, she said. 
I think your children need you at all ages, and a lot of people say, oh, I'll go to work when they go to school, but I think they need you just as much. If she thought being a mom was like... You know what? Whatever. If that fulfilled her, great. I'm, that is very true. Women, Different women are empowered in different ways, and we respect that. Yes. Whether it's a bikini or a hijab. Just because you. I don't have like the maternal instinct doesn't mean that other people don't. You know? Right. Like, if that fulfills you, great. That's true. You just take the love that you would potentially give to a single child, shudder to think, <laughs> and spread it out to every single dog that you meet ever. Literally. Yeah. For the rest of my life. Forever. Always. Uh, other women who had experienced psychological problems, uh, attributed them not to their marriages but to childhood trauma some spoke of stressful lives with unhappy parents can't imagine grandma and grandpa again trauma physical violence in their childhood homes who would have thought i know just uh good old the golden age of misogyny you know or terror they experienced living through world war ii oh my god especially since 35 of these women interviewed were british yeah, and they so, had like a front row like, fucking seat yeah, to like, the terrors of World War II. Not a great time going on right, over there. Right. Not a good time in Europe. Lots of bombings, hiding people. Right. While popular depictions of this time period often show tranquilizers, 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 and other popular psychological drugs as a tool to help women in the post war era stay in otherwise intolerable situations. Some of the interviewees. Uh, said the opposite. Ann Coles, whose husband... They were just like painfully sober? Like what? Well, Ann Coles, whose husband suffered from a personality disorder that made him difficult to live with, said that beginning antidepressants helped her to see her situation more clearly. Well, that's good. Once that happened, she took her children and left him. Oh, <laughs> good for you, girl. Just <laughs> like, oh, you know what? Good for you, Ann. Cole said some of her trouble had to do with having five babies in seven years with no control over her fertility. It's almost like if like women don't have control over themselves. Yeah. It's like some odd. fucking handmaid's tale bullshit. But she reported that she was happy to be a mother and would just have preferred to do it on her own terms. You know. Like she don't hate the babies. She just hates the situation. She hated that she had to have five kids in seven years. Seven years and not like, hey, can we not have a baby like immediately? No. No. Six weeks, open up. There was no savoring the experience, she said. There was only surviving it. It was like, you don't even get to enjoy your baby being a baby. Right. These type of situations were made especially hard due to a pop psychology boom in this time that meant like, the theories of Sigmund Freud and his daughter Anna experience kind of a new level of prominence. And you know I hate Freud. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've talked about that a time or two. <laughs> it's come uh, up once or twice. Chief among them is the idea that the young mind is a blank slate. So basically who your child uh, eventually becomes is determined by the first five years of their life. So if children children aren't born bad, so if they grow up to be assholes or murderers, You've made it's because you failed as a mother. I don't know so, if I agree uh, with that, yeah, but you know. I don't agree with that because a lot of shit, fucking Freud had mommy issues. Let's Lots just accept that, please. Okay, yes. Sigmund Freud and his mommy issues. Anyway, 
If your child isn't, you know, his nephew invented propaganda. Yeah. Okay. If your child isn't developing at the right pace or doesn't smile or burns down the neighbor's garage, that's all on you, mama. It's quite an escalation there. Yeah. Or, you know, murders a neighborhood full of cats or eats a baby. I don't know. Eats a baby. Whatever kids do these days. I don't your know. 13-year-old eats a baby. You have bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is the mom's fault. <laughs> that is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh... There's no doubt that doctors definitely overprescribed psychiatric drugs in the 1950s and 60s. Well, I'm going to go with they didn't know better. I'm going to say they they Well, willful, willful ignorance. I was going to say they didn't know better and yet somehow they still managed to overprescribe things. You know, we have an opioid crisis that wasn't caused by heroin. It yeah. was caused by overprescription of opioids and now it's like, what's happening? Why are all these people on heroin? Cuz they can't get the fucking opioids that they're Overprescribed, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're talking Getting about. Getting excited. It's also clear that many women were and still are angry at living lives limited to taking care of home and family. Like, there's still a lot of that going on. Yeah. I think we would have moved past that, but not we can't only. can't move past the color of people's skin. You want us to move past societal uh, gender roles. Right, I guess. One battle at a time. We got to win one first. Don't look like we got to win one first. <laughs> don't look like that's happening anytime soon, though, does it? Not only did the women of this time period have to make exciting meals, ensure their children were well behaved, and you know, not murderers or arsonists or whatever. I gotta say though, they did not do a great job. Mm -mm. Lots of murderers mm. coming out of those times. You know what? That's true. <laughs> I got to say, that's got to be like a <laughs> symptom of a fractured home, not a bad mom. Um, they had to keep their home smelling fresh and always looking appealing for their husbands. And they had to make it all look easy, right? Because like no husband, especially then, is going to want to hear their wife complaining about how hard they work. Cooking and cleaning right. is all day. Uh, but of course, it wasn't easy. We know that. He says, looking at the laundry. I, I can't I keep put the laundry... <laughs> caught up that wasn't a shot at you that was a shot at me um looking at the daunting pile of laundry <laughs> ever looming near us uh so you know it's frustrating they basically lived a life of a never-ending constant solely focused on chores yeah. just a never-ending series of chores. wake up make breakfast wash the dishes take care of, take the, care kids, of the kids get the kids the to school clean the house make dinner you know that's exhausting. Keep up social appearances. Look nice. Look nice. Don't show too much leg, you know, like <laughs> cover your ankles. Don't say anything that might remotely be construed as communism. Right. Right. How did they do it? So these frustrated homemakers started taking a prescription tranquilizer called Milltown. A tranquilizer. Which promised to make all their problems go away. Okay. Yes. They were taking tranquilizers to get everything done? Yes. Which seems weird, right? Yeah. However, instead of looking for possible uh, life changes as a solution, such as part-time careers, work-life balance, telling their husband to go fuck themselves, uh, family doctors in the United States began prescribing 1950s housewives this medication called meprobamate, mm -hmm. more commonly known by the brand name Milltown. Okay. Uh, it became available to the public in 1955 and was soon America's favorite new tranquilizer. 
It was a, twink, a tranquilizer. It's like a barbiturate. What's a barbiturate? Uh, have you ever seen Wolf of Wall Street? No. That was my best example that I was going to have. You can't tell me what a barbiturate is? Why are you always calling me out on podcasts, man? <laughs> it's a tranquilizer. But a tranquilizer, in my experience, puts you like flat out, right? I mean, like if you take too much. Barbiturates are a group of drugs known as sedative hypnotics. Okay. Okay. Uh, they generally describe like a sleep-inducing anxiety-decreasing effect. Okay. I was just wondering. But barbiturates can be extremely dangerous because the correct dose is difficult to predict. And even a slight overdose can cause coma or death. Let me just make sure Milltown was a barbiturate. Just saying you're not getting a whole lot done. A carbamate derivative used as an anxiolytic drug. So it says tranquilizer, but it's basically an anti-anxiety, like a heavy anti-anxiety medicine. Okay, so how are they getting stuff done while on tranquilizers? Um, I don't know, man. I thought they were doing like speed or something. Apparently not. Milltown became available to the public in 1955, was soon America's favorite new tranquilizer. Okay. Advertisements for Milltown were aimed largely at women and homemakers, which we know were the same thing. These housewives were bound to spread the word about Milltown's effectiveness and their miraculous improvements once on the medication through their social and neighborhood circles. Okay. So they were prescribed Milltown housewives like throughout the country were prescribed Milltown for insomnia, anxiety, and emotional upsets. I'm emotional guessing upsets. for insomnia, it makes sense, right? It's a tranquilizer. Anxiety and emotional upsets. Hysteria. Probably like lower doses, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like even now, like anti-anxiety medication can make you sleepy. Yeah. Um, according to Wallace Laboratories, the company that manufactured Milltown, homemakers were told that Milltown would make their pregnancies a happier experience. Is this like... The Similar, right? They were told they could take it in pregnancy and they didn't because that was the one that was supposed to make um morning sickness less and yeah, babies were being born like without arms. Arms and legs. And, yeah. Yeah. So basically, the they didn't really have a grasp on what you should and should not do when you're pregnant, right? Well, the melicide, if I'm saying that drug correctly, I don't think I am, but you get the gist. Mm -hmm. They didn't test it on pregnant women. Which was like the big problem. And they were like, yeah, it's fine. And even after they started seeing like issues coming up with like pregnant women and like their offspring, uh -huh. they did everything in their power to keep it on the market. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of funny. It's kind of funny how when you're making a lot of money on something, your propensity is to not let it go. Yeah. That's big pharma that we're worried about. Yeah. So, um,. Now we know Milltown is a class D drug during pregnancy. Okay. Oh, not Which, great. Right. It causes an increased risk of birth defects and even passes into breast milk and can affect the nursing baby. Oh, dear. Yeah. So it's so, not good all around. It's just not good all around. I think most anxiety medicines are like that. Yeah. I feel like a, it seems like most drugs would... 
most mental through. most mental health drugs are not great for baby. Yeah, I feel like rule of thumb: most drugs probably not great to breastfeed while on, right? Yeah. Of course, again, what do I know? Nineteen fifties <laughs> homemakers believed Miltown would make them feel better, allow them to do their household chores easier, and have everyday life that was more enjoyable. Of course, despite these promises of perfection, Milltown is a drug and a powerful tranquilizer. So it was habit forming. Users can develop a tolerance to the drug that, which means they had to more. take more and more to keep the same effects. Ooh. Weird, starting to sound uh, kind of like a drug. Kind of familiar. I like drugs. So this tranquilizer was not safe to take while driving. <laughs> this is what they're talking Fun about. Fact. Operating heavy machinery. Cause drowsiness, uh, which is not a great thing, especially when you're taking care of a baby. When you, when you got five of them things in right. the car. Withdrawals from going off of Milltown were worse than any mundane life that you might have been leading previously. Uh, some Milltown withdrawal symptoms and side effects included anxiety. <laughs> great. Right, right? <laughs> <laughs> the whole reason why we're taking it. Confusion, convulsions, oh, hallucinations. Oh, that doesn't uh, help with the anxiety. <laughs> no, impaired coordination. Great. Insomnia. Ooh, which is one of the Just things a big again. Drunk baby. One of the things that it was prescribed for. Yeah. Anxiety and insomnia. Two of these are popping up in the withdrawals. They're like, maybe I should take more. Uh, loss of appetite. Ooh. Which I guess when so you're now trying they to, don't feel good when you're trying to maintain a certain. That 1950s housewife figure, I guess. Uh, well, that would probably help. Muscle twitching, slurring speech, tremors, vertigo, and vomiting. Just a big old drunk baby. Yep, big old drunk baby. Anyway, many homemakers today are able to be stay-at-home moms or even part-time homemakers without having to take a prescription tranquilizer like Milltown. Yeah. And I, this isn't a shot at people who do need like medication to function in their daily lives and stuff, but no. like we can agree that this wasn't that. This is this was We're not taking drugs to cope with daily life. Right. And like these, in an unnecessary way. These drugs were marketed to women in order to make them a better to make them more obedient. Like, a let's be real. A better version of what men needed them to be at the time or wanted them to be at the time. I think we you all agree think... that these women did not need Milltown. I think that, like, doctors weren't prescribing women these tranquilizers mm -hmm. to get them to be, like, more obedient at home. Right. I think the secret really is to having more of a balance in life. Like, maybe a spouse who helps you at home. Yeah. Um... It's pretty crazy how, how far having a partner versus having just like a spouse will go, you know? Having an extra child. Right. Anyway. I don't know. I wasn't expecting I to get so it. like pissy about it. <laughs> um, and now, believe it or not, some women choose to work full-time jobs while caring what? for their families <laughs> and homes. Yeah. Crazy. They're, but you know what? I think, too, it helps, um, well, it helps that we have a better understanding of not just, you know, like a woman's place, quote unquote, but like the world's a smaller place now, too. So the internet, it's a lot easier to find like support, you know, like mom groups or Absolutely. things like that. Um, Although I feel like mom groups are toxic, toxic as They fuck. can be, can't they, right? <laughs> I, 
it seems like most groups can be toxic, but like, you know, just be careful. Find one that works for you. Yeah. Find, it's important that you have like a support system, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I can go on a tangent. It's okay. Uh, yeah, so let me, now I want to talk, I want to talk about advertisements during this time for women. Okay. I have just a few um, that... Am I going to get mad? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> this is a prescription for a drug called mornadine. So, mornadine is a drug uh, that's used as an anti-emetic. Anti-emetic? Like I, I feel like it's like a nausea. That sounds like a nausea medication, doesn't it? It has negligible antipsychotic act activity. Anyway, the point is, the the advertisement for this is a woman and she's like in one like her nightgown or whatever, standing by a stove, and it says, "Now she can cook breakfast again." <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. We're so happy. Uh huh. This one is a lady. She's taking something or she's putting something in the oven, and it says, "Nerves jumpy." Nervine helps you feel calm. <laughs> Jesus. Now and then, tense nerves make you feel jumpy, easily irritated. Sometimes nervous headache follows. Why put up with all this when Nervine can help? Nervine acts gently and fast to help you calm down. Helps in sleeplessness, too. By calming that jangled feeling, it lets you sleep naturally. Choose Nervine capsules. Icky. Thanks. Icky. I hate it. First of all, right now we're two for two for women in the kitchen. Yeah. This is a drawing of a woman holding a baby. Oh, good. It says, how mother and baby picked up. A case of Blatt's beer in your home means much to the young mother, and obviously baby participates in its benefits. What is it? The malt in the beer supplies nourishing qualities that are essential at this time and the hops act as an appetizing appetite stimulating tonic that is it's beer bonkers <laughs> it's beer <laughs> you drink the beer your baby drinks the breast milk the malt in the beer is gonna get your baby drunk oh man uh, I don't think this one's geared at women because there's a man in the picture. Ooh. It's Haldol. I'm pretty sure that's still a thing people take. Anyway, those are just a couple of the doozies that I found. Um, Sorry. Oh, ooh, here's a good one. If chronic fatigue and mild depression make simple tasks seem this big, and it's like a lady, it's like rocks, a bunch of rocks and stuff, I guess. Ritalin relieves chronic fatigue and depresses and depresses that chronic fatigue that depresses and mild depression that fatigues what is it ritalin ritalin <laughs> ritalin relieves chronic fatigue that depresses and mild depression that fatigues and again it's a lady in the kitchen i knew i was going to get mad mhm mm i just didn't realize it would be this mad this is a Milltown advertisement. Fuck off. 
Sim Syndromes of the 60s, the battered parent syndrome. Milltown, when reassurance is not enough. I'm fuming. <laughs> I can see it. Your face is turning red. Oh, my God. Okay. You ready to be pissed off? Yes. This is like a picture of a lady and she's surrounded by like cleaning supplies and an iron and like there's a bunch of brooms and stuff in front of her like a jail cell. Fuck out of here. And it says, you can't set her free, but you can help her feel less anxious. You can help out around the house. You can't set her free, but you can help her feel less anxious. I like how these advertisements were targeted at women, but they were addressing the men. Have you noticed that? They're like... Does your wife look like this? Does your wife look like this? Does your wife complain that chores are just a little bit too much? Uh, once again, it's a lady in a kitchen. She's being tied up by her child, who is wearing a Native American chief's headdress. Well, that's problematic in other ways. It says, now she can cope, thanks to Butasol, daytime sedative for everyday situational stress. Butasol. I probably butchered some of these names. But again, <laughs> yeah. Redonkulous. Redonkulous. Ooh, icky. So basically, women who had just lived through a horrific time period yeah. and went to work while men were fighting World War II or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Not to, you know, detract from the women's roles in that. but I they would never detract people who... Well, Women had to go work in factories well, while yeah. we were fighting a war. They were working in factories. They were make, making ammunition. and At then Making money. And then they went from that to immediately just back to like... To back at home. Right. Trying to figure out what the hell we do now. And then... With no help. A lot of times with husbands who had come back from war with zero understanding of PTSD. Yeah. Right. So... Nobody knows how to navigate that conversation so, like, correctly. It's just a fucked up situation all around. So they're like, you know what they need? Heavy tranquilizers. You know what these women need? Sedatives. But you shouldn't drive on this sedative. <laughs> Where's she going? <laughs> <laughs> she can't drive anyway. <laughs> really just paint like a problematic. So there you go. The truth behind the Stepford Wives. Maybe we should just like give our grandmothers a break. Right. <laughs> that shit's bonkers. So that was a kind of a short episode. Uh, so my bad, but I woke up and just didn't get out of bed until I had finished an episode. That's fine. It was so great. this is like the Frankenstein that you got from me freshly awake. No, I loved it. I don't care if it was short. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna grab some butasol. Yeah. Um haloperidol. Why don't you get some of that? Let's get some Ritalin. Yeah, basically anything. Let's just throw psychiatric drugs at them until they're Yeah. Better. Until they're better or they overdose or they're just in a coma all day, so we don't really know. How was your day, honey? Well, the house can't get dirty if you're not there to use it. That's true. Just like in a day's cleaning all day. What is my life at this point? 
right. Anyway, that's my episode. Thank you for listening. As always. Oh, we're ending like, we're just, end. We're done. Did you, you have, have anything, anything else? I got nothing else. <laughs> just wasn't expecting it. Anyway, as always, we, we are, are the Boneses, Boneses, and we are on uh, drugs. No, out. We're <laughs> out. out. <laughs>